Great, thank you, Rebecca, and thank you to the worship team. And once again, welcome uh, to Living Hope. Welcome to our 10 a.m. service. It is so good to see so many people in church today. And we we have a title there behind me that says, "What's the difference?" And um, there's 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 a few reasons that um, I I was sort of given that title. I'd thought of of those words. What's the difference and and I hope that today what we do here is that it is different for you maybe it's a question that you could ask yourself what's what's the difference in in what I do in in my life as a Christian and outside of that what's what's the difference in in coming here on a Sunday and going somewhere else what's the difference in being in church on a Sunday and being somewhere else because there are other places that you could be that could make you feel good there well maybe not at 10 a.m on a sunday 10 a.m is a bit early but later in the day there might be other places that you could be that would make you feel good that would that would lift your spirits and and maybe maybe for you i i don't i don't know what you do with your spare time i don't know what you do to to decompress or or um to to make yourself feel better maybe that looks like a like a walk in nature or or taking the dog out or or going a drive or or getting or getting by, getting by the sea, or, or going for an ice cream, or, or going for a coffee. That's my personal favorite. I love a coffee. I always say a coffee shop is like my bubble bath. I don't do bubble baths, but like, see, sitting in a chair in a coffee shop, just listening to everybody talk rubbish, that's bliss to me. I love that. A good cup of coffee, listening to people talk rubbish, that's, that's bliss for me. But um, I just wonder, you know, what's, what's the difference in, in being here or doing those things and maybe that's not a, like, maybe you think that's a strange question or it's not a question that you would necessarily ask yourself but but what I'm sort of getting at is I hope there is a difference I hope that that um, that that this what we do here goes beyond a good time it goes beyond a Sunday routine. I hope it goes beyond that, that come and decompress. And maybe here you listen to people talk rubbish too, and that's fair enough. But listen, I hope it goes beyond that, 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 that walk in, in, in nature, which is great, and, and, and that getting out. And, and those things are good, and I enjoy those things. But I just hope that this just goes beyond a temporary happiness. Because... Because that's really what we're seeking to do here. We want to go beyond that. We, we don't want to just come and to feel good on a Sunday. And then the rest of our week doesn't necessarily look any different. Or this just becomes that exercise. This becomes that exercise of feel good, sets me up for the week. It's good for the kids. It's good to get the family together. I, we, don't, we don't want it to be just that. Although those things are true. It is enjoyable. It, it is good. It is good for the kids. It is good to get the family together. But, but we want to go beyond that. We want this to be something different. We want to seek God and his presence. And we want that to change us every single day. Today is a gathering of God's people. Today we gather as God's people. But it's not just 
to feel good on a Sunday. It's not just to tick a box or, or to, to, to fill in a routine. I, I hope that, I sincerely hope that your relationship with God goes beyond just being here. And, and maybe, maybe today you are just here. Somebody's invited you. We've told them to do that. The words behind me. The invitation. Maybe somebody's in, invited you. It's not something that you do regularly. Well, I know that their hope is that it will go beyond just a Sunday meeting. There's so much more here. There's so much more than you realize. And, and the Bible tells us that. That, that there is so much more. It's beyond our imagination. It's beyond what you can even comprehend. There's so much more than just feeling good on a Sunday. But I'm glad that you're here. And I hope that you do feel good. But so often a person comes to church, says they're a Christian, but their lives look the same otherwise. And then we have to ask, what's the difference? What's the difference? How, how are they different than before? How are you different than before? If that's a confession that you've made, if you call yourself a Christian, if you confess Christ, does your life look different than before? What would be incredible is if people who knew us before Christ, people who knew us before we had made that decision, and then people who know us after we have accepted Christ into our lives, after we had become Christians. It would be amazing if they would ask the question, but in a bit of a different light. What's the difference? What is it with you? How, how are you so different than you were before? What, what, is it, what is it that you have? What's changed about you? You know, it would be amazing if people who knew you before that decision and after, that they noticed the difference in your day-to-day -day life. It's not just they know that, that they'll, they can't get you on a Sunday, but they get you any other day and, and that sort of thing. I hope that they notice a difference in your life. And, and beyond that as well, beyond that, even though those who, who maybe didn't know us before, they, or maybe, maybe you made a decision to become a Christian at a young age and you've really pursued God. You know, you've, you've grown up in church or um, yeah, maybe, yeah, this applies to those, who, those who've made a decision early on, those, um, those who have grown up in church and, and maybe uh, for everybody else, the, the stranger. Would the stranger ask, and, and the person who has grown up in church, would they notice a, a difference in you compared to everybody else? Maybe not a difference compared to your former self. People, people don't necessarily know you before, before you've made that decision, or maybe you've made that decision at a young age, but I hope that they notice a difference in you than the rest of the world. I hope that they notice a difference in you in the office in the school, in, in, in the workplace, on the road, in the shop. I hope that they notice a difference in you. And they ask the question, what's the difference? What's, what's causing this? How, 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 how do you have so much peace about this? 
you're, you're so loving and kind. And you know what's amazing about opportunities like that, when people begin to notice that, you can point to the one who has been loving and kind. You can point to the one who gives you that, who has placed that in you, who has given you that fruit, who has given you his Holy Spirit. And scripture actually says that the world will know us, know the church, know God's people by how we love each other. How we love each other shows the world whose we are. That, that's the difference. Because there's, there's, there's offices where people get along brilliant. And there's school staffs where the, the staff all, they look after each other. It's a great environment. There's, there's places where people are. And you know what it is? It's, it's a buzz. But is this different? It's how we love each other, reflective of Christ and his love for us. Is that the difference? I hope that it is. I can tell you that when you confess your sin, when you confess that Jesus is Lord, you believe that God raised him from the dead, that there should be, there will be a lot of difference. It will be entirely different. It will be a new life. And we'll cover some of that today with the, the verses that we are going to read and study. We're reading from, we're reading from Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 to 10. It says, I and you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens, in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Allow me to pray, church, and we'll, we'll study these verses together. Lord, I thank you for scripture. I thank you for how it was penned and to whom it was penned. And God, I thank you that today that it applies to our lives, God. And I pray that in the few minutes that we have together, would you reveal something of yourself to us, God? Would we understand what it is that we are reading here? Would we know that it has implications in our lives? And God, would you help us to understand our purpose on this earth? God, we, we thank you for the truth of your word. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to apply it in a way that would glorify you. It's in your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Those verses that, that we have read, you see a lot of difference in, in what this passage is talking about. Who they were, who you were, and who you have become, and, and what your life looks like. And, and it's a pretty intense to begin with how it describes the state that we were in, that they were in. It says you were dead. At the very beginning there, it says you were dead. And that's not something that, that the day-to-day person necessarily realizes. That, that, that we are dead. All people by nature are, are spiritually dead and enslaved to sin. And in general, if someone or something is dead in this world, this is talking about being dead in our sin, but in general, if someone in this world has, has died, death in this world would mean done. It, it, it normally means finished. And, and that, that's it. And, and I think um, there's, there's a few different things when we think about this, or, or maybe it's something that, that we experience often enough. I don't know if, um, if anybody in here would, would watch those kind of TV shows with the, you have like medical professionals who would um, do, now, now these are like, these are fictional stories, but you would have like medical professionals and, and often what happens is there's, there's a big crisis and there's a big crisis and, and people are called and, and I don't know whether it's one of those like cheesy um, American hospital shows you watch or, or, um, or, or maybe it's like a, one of those detective NCIS criminal minds. Like I, I don't know what it is that, that you're watching, but, but you'll notice in, in shows like that and what we associate with, um, with, with the death in those shows is you, you have people hooked up to a machine or you have them with the pads on their chest, and it's a flat line. You'll notice that, that beep. It's, it's recognizable. It's unmistakable. And sometimes people, people are revived. Sometimes there's, there's things that, that can be done. But ultimately, on earth, it gets to a point where nothing else can be done. And then what, what assurance or hope do we have what, what do we have? I remember when my, my nana, it was 2016, and, and she, 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 wasn't, she wasn't too well, but she, she sort of passed away suddenly. It, was, it wasn't fully expected. And she, she had passed away, but immediately when, when it comes to, to those moments and, and how we deal with those, what, what I'd thought of or what God placed in my heart was... This, this thought, it was, it was this idea that he is my strength. And, and it was the idea that I need to look to him. And I remember worshiping in, in that season and the lead up to, to the funeral and, and stuff like that. I was, I was worshiping and I was singing and God, I look to you and I won't be, I won't be, I won't be overwhelmed. Because God gives me vision. And, and what he showed me was a few months prior to that. 
It was, it was just before Christmas. And, and um, Nanny had had a fall, as, as Nanny's doing. She was in hospital, and things weren't looking good. We prayed together. She accepted God into her life. And, and he gave us time to gather, to talk about that. The assurance that that gives us. And knowing that that, that that flat line, it did not finish there. Because, as these verses say, you were dead and we were dead in our sin. But God, but God, the assurance that we have in knowing that when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord, when we confess our sin to him, we know that that flat line, that death on earth, that it is not final. It is not what we know it to be. And this is how Paul was describing us in our sin, that we were flatlined by sin. Nothing else could be done by anybody or anything in this world but God. So what we needed was we needed intervention beyond what this world would have. We needed intervention beyond what anybody on this earth could do. Because like I say, there's, there's things that, that, that revive people. And, and there's resuscitation that happens. But, but in sin, we were dead. And nothing on this earth could be done. So we needed help beyond this earth. And that is what we got in Jesus Christ. When God sent his son. See, you were dead. But God, he sends his son. And in that, we receive life. And this should challenge us. That we need to recognize the need for God's grace because there is nothing that we can do. And these verses teach us that. We'll talk about that in a minute too. But there's nothing that we can do. Only God, only God can make us truly alive. We are not saved by the good that we have done, but by the grace of God, not by what we have deserved, but by what God deserves. God is so gracious to us for the incredible love and mercy that he has for us. The state that we were in, the helpless state that we find ourselves, and he offers us salvation through Christ. He shows us grace. God has done the resurrecting. And he has made us alive. And I hope again today that you have experienced that. That new life. That resurrection. That, that he has breathed the breath into your lungs. That it is him who has made you alive. No longer dead. I'm so grateful for that. It, it humbles me. I'm sure those who have been on the road would say the same, that, that it humbles us. That God, who has created all of this, who, who sustains it all and who holds it all together, that he would send his only son, that he would take a death that I would deserve, and then I would be given life given life forever. This, this world 
kicks us, and it does. We, when we feel down, when we feel like we have lost, by the, the worldly standards, by these worldly things, we, must, we should cast our mind. Cast our mind, as we sang earlier, to Calvary and what has been done for us. The Son of Heaven rose again. He rose from the dead. Death no longer has a hold on us. Sin no longer defines us. God has taken us from death and he has given us eternity. This world can hurt, but its hurts are temporary. And that's the difference. What's the difference? That the world's hurts are just that. They belong to this world. But we belong to heaven. Because God has made it that way. Because he has made us righteous. The, the hurts of this world are the worst. But we go beyond that. We go further than that. And like I said, it's, it's nothing that we can do. It's grace. We have been saved by grace through faith. Again, in the verses that we read... The entire chapter, it it emphasizes that we are saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. It's nothing that we can do. And 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 it's unfortunate that that there are people who feel that they can they can pay their way into heaven. It does not work like that. Because then there would be no need for Jesus. It's his grace. It's only by his grace. It's salvation. By grace, through faith in Christ Jesus, that would get us to heaven. There is nothing else that gets us there. There is one way. There is one way to the Father, and that is through him. Paul describes the process of salvation as the result of God's grace through faith. In grace, we have gained righteousness at Christ's expense. Jesus on the cross purchases for us a relationship with God that we ourselves could not afford. That we could never pay for. That we ourselves could not earn. Grace is received. It cannot be earned. And once it's realized, it covers everything. Praise God that it covers everything. So many people... That, that we sit with and, and we speak to, they, they, they won't come to church because of the lives that they're living. Or even if they do come to church, they're, they're, they're coming to church as, as a favor for somebody else. Or it, it does make you feel good, but, but you come to church and you're like, I, I, I can't, you know, I, I, can't, I can't do that yet. You know, I can't put my hand up yet. I need, to, I need to give that up first. I need to stop going to this place. I need to stop doing that. We need to allow God to do the work in our lives. Let God be the one who does the work in your life. Because the, the scripture tells us here that every debt is cancelled. Every single sin, past, present, future is paid for on the cross. 
It's paid for. It's paid for. Thank you, God. Grace means undeserved kindness. It's the gift of God to man the moment he sees he is unworthy of God's favor. When we realize we need help, when we know that, that we cannot do this on our own, human effort and goodness, it's just, it's not effective. It cannot save us. Salvation is, it's the gift from God. And that's what it is. It's a gift. Confess that he is your Lord. Confess that you have sin in your life. Know that he was raised from the dead. We've received a free gift. And, and for me, it blows me away to think that God continues to keep me. That he continues to be around me. And I, I, know, his, I know his word and, and I, I understand what it says. It helps me to know who God is, but it still amazes me. It still amazes me. Because often I just, I just think, who am I? But it's not about me. It goes beyond me. It goes beyond you too. It goes beyond what we do on a Sunday. It goes beyond good gatherings and good feelings. It's the God that we trust. It's his provision. It's him that makes us righteous. It's him that gives us the gift of salvation. It's by his grace. So that nobody can boast. And I hope that the believer in here, that you live a life of gratitude. That you're thankful for the grace that you have received. And, and I hope that that leads you to be motivated. To, to reflect that gratitude in how you treat others. How you love others. How you love God's church. How you serve God's church. How you serve people. How you are kind to people. I hope that in these walls and in this world. That you reflect the gratitude that you have. And the fact that you have been given this gift. For we are his. Again, that final reminder. That, that it is nothing that we can do. And, and the final verse that we read. It says that we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Do, do. do the believers in the room know that? Do you understand that? that? That not only are you his and not only are you created in Christ Jesus. Not only are you given this new life. But you're created in Christ Jesus for good works. God has prepared ahead of time for us to do. So we are to be a reflection of him in what we do in our day-to-day -day lives. And that's not earning our salvation. It's already been paid for. Christ did that. But our lives should be a reflection of the gratitude that we have. That we are saved. That we are known by God. 
and, and how, we, how we conduct ourselves and how we live our lives, the fruit that is produced in our lives. And, and God has prepared this for us ahead of time. So it's his will that on this earth that we are the hands and feet. That we are here to serve. We are here to spread the gospel. That we are here because we are his. We are here because we are his. We need to live out our faith through acts of love, through acts of service. If we are transformed, then we need to live transformed. Because we have a new identity in Christ. We are transformed. So we need to seek God and his presence. And we need to seek out how we can make a positive impact in the world. In the circles that we are in. In the church in which we serve. In the community in which we find ourselves. In the street that you are living on. What's the difference in you and your neighbour? How are you reflecting who you are? The gospel is for us to go out. It's for us to go out that we are God's people and that he is using us to spread the good news. We will tell people the truth, but church, we will show them it too. We will show them it too. Be gracious, be kind, be loving, be generous and do all of these things because of the gift that God has given you. Eternal life with him. Again, as Rebecca said at the beginning, if you need prayer for anything, if you're, if you're motivated to make a change in your life, the, the believer, if you, if you would like encouragement in that and prayer for that, then please seek the prayer team. If, if this isn't a decision that you have ever made, if you've never made a decision to accept Christ into your life, know, know that the opportunity is here. Know that Christ has you here on purpose and for a purpose. You have sin that needs dealt with. You need to accept what Jesus did for you on the cross and know that he raised from the dead. That we will live with him forever. So yeah, the prayer team will be available after the service as you leave. I'm going to invite the worship team up. I'm going to pray as they come up. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that we have here. God, I thank you that you use us. Thank you for your grace in our lives. God, thank you for the truth of your word and God I pray that today that we would be carriers of your word that we would be carriers of the truth God and that we would we would do what you have set out for us to do God thank you for the free gift of salvation thank you God that we are loved and known and God thank you for where our eternity lies for those of us who know you thank you God for what you have given us. In your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen.